Welcome to the Weekly Rundown. We're glad you're here to join us, and we hope you like our podcast. If you do, please leave a like and subscribe if you'd like to hear more from us. Today I'm joined by my friend Nicole. Hey, I'm Nicole. And uh, I'm also joined by my lovely girlfriend Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. Uh, This has been an insane week. The Taliban is absolutely taking over Afghanistan, and we're just sitting here watching the entire situation crumble right before us. So this should be a pretty interesting podcast. I'm pretty excited to uh, just talk about what's going on and, you know, talk about some narratives. Sounds good. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So the biggest this news of this week has obviously been the Taliban, uh, Taliban takeover. And... It's just absolutely gut-wrenching. We've been in this country for 20 years. Like, do you guys know the history of kind of like what, you know, you guys obviously know about 9-11, but Mm -hmm. after that, we were immediately in Afghanistan trying to hunt down um, Osama, and we put an end to the Taliban like right around then, and that's what this entire war's been fought over for the past 20 years. We've been fighting the Taliban and trying to put an end to their... Yeah, because yeah, Afghanistan is like our allies, right? So... Uh, it was just... I think it was more of... We I think don't it was want more terror. of the war on terrorism. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think because we were also in Iraq. We were just all over the Middle East, you know, trying to... But I feel like at the same time they did, like, want our help. Like, some of the people there. Yeah, yeah no, they absolutely did. And that's why we spent 20 years there, but... So I guess, like, in a way. You know, yeah, in a way. But I believe that it was more about the war on terror, and they were more scared of the Taliban and wherever the Taliban was, as opposed to helping out Afghanistan. Okay. But it's just, it's very sad to see that the country that you've seen be a world power over its history is now, you know, we lost Vietnam, uh, Sagan happened, and now we're at you know, we're at this point where we just lost another embassy. We just, you know, Iraq, uh, we lost an embassy in 2012 or 14. I don't remember exactly which year, but, you know, just we need better leadership. We need a better uh, chief of uh, the commander-in-chief. We need a better just leadership in the military front. Now, I do have a question because I've always sucked at history. Um, was Al-Qaeda, like, a part of Taliban, or is it completely separate? I thought they were two completely separate terrorist groups, but... Okay, so, you know how, do you guys know how, like, ISIS was created? Like, it was an insurgent group from another group, from, like, the main group. So, Al-Qaeda was that. Al-Qaeda was a group from the Taliban that was, I guess, a bit more extremist. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't fully, like, they wanted to do different things than what the Taliban said, but they were an insurgent group from the Taliban. That's why we were fighting the Taliban, because it's these cultural ideas, these ideas of, you know, death to America, death to this and that, you know. Death to freedom, basically, is what I hear, yeah. No, exactly, and that's exactly what it is. We, you know, we'll dive into women's rights in Afghanistan currently, and that's a major topic that goes along with Afghanistan. But yeah, they hate us because we treat everybody the same. They hate us because we don't follow a religious path in our governance. So, 
No, that causes them to be angry. That causes them to cause terror. That causes them to fly two planes and two twin towers. Just chaotic. I heard they're like trying to make negotiations. I heard that in the news. My dad and I were talking about it yesterday. For what? They're saying that. They're gonna give women some sort of rights. I was like, mm. no, no, I think that's horseshit. Yeah. Well, no, we're actually gonna, gonna, gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive into it in a little bit. So, let's talk about our first topic that comes with Afghanistan, and that's uh, the blaming of Trump. Um, we've seen on the, through Biden's speech, Biden was deflecting and trying to blame Trump, trying to blame the peace treaty that we had signed with the Taliban in order to pull our troops in a safe and effective way. I personally think, I actually talked about this yesterday with my family, I personally think either way, I think they probably would have taken over, even if we pulled out them or now. Yes, it was planned destruction. It was, either way, we knew that we were leaving this country and the Taliban so was going to take over. Personally, I don't think you can really, I don't really blame either of the presidents, because I think, like, would have happened. Yeah, the real bad guy here is the Taliban. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But there were definitely many ways that we could have altered the way that we evacuated people in order to make sure that people were Absolutely. Safe. I mean, didn't Biden say, like, they were going to pull them out at September 11, ironically so, that date? Um, but for some reason, bit. they're all terrible. gone now? I think that's so much worse than the May 1st. Because you're just giving people a 20-year reminder that we just lost this war. It's 20 years after 9-11, and now we're just going to pull out. We spent 20 years. Like, he was just trying it's to make like us... It's like all for nothing, No, seems. exactly. Like, I think that's so much worse than just pulling our troops out May 1st. But Trump had a, an agreement in place, and it's... What, when we say... When we criticize Biden, it's the fact that he left billions of dollars of military equipment there. It's that he yeah. left people, it's that he took out uh, armed forces before he took out civilians. That he is now flying Afghanis into this country before he's flying in American citizens. Those yeah, are the issues that we have with the Biden administration and what he's doing. He's not taking into account American citizens. He's not taking into account what really matters. Like the. Our soldiers are there to protect people, and like it's a couple more days of getting people out of there, so that way it's more people are safe. And as like an American United States president, you'd think that they'd put Americans first, like what Trump always yep. said, America first. But I guess that's not really the case when it comes to Biden. It's America last. It's, yeah. You know, this greatly benefits China. We. I was telling Sarah's family about the. There's a trillion dollars of minerals located in Afghanistan right now. China absolutely profits off of that because as soon as the Taliban takes over, you know, who comes into that country exploring their minerals? It's China. China, mm -hmm. China is going to end up taking over the mineral market. They're going to end up having a monopoly on all resources in the entire world. This is why they wanted the Taliban in power. This is why Joe didn't care about what was going on. This is yeah. why... Like, he has um, things going on with China. Obviously, he's being paid by them, something along those lines. And you know about Hunter Biden being over there. And, oh, yeah. You know. But 
let's dive into this article about Mike, pa Mike Pompeo talking about President Joe Biden blaming his, blaming Trump for the current Taliban takeover. Uh, it starts off by saying that the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, on Sunday dismissed President Joe Biden's blaming of his predecessor for fueling the current Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, of Afghanistan calling this suggestion pathetic. I wouldn't have let my 10-year-old son get away from this kind of pathetic blame-shifting, Pompeo said on Fox News Sunday. He should be less focused on trying to blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. And that's what we were just talking about. It's We had a duty to make sure that every interpre interpreter, everybody who is an American citizen and their families can come to America and make sure that they are safe. We've fought this war, and he came out and said in his speech, why should we fight a war for people that don't want to fight the war? First of all, that's false. There have been more deaths per year from Afghani soldiers in the past seven years than America, America has had yeah. the entire war. The entire war. But I did hear, like, I know that might be true, but I did hear, like, their government, like, when they took over, they literally just gave up. Like, they literally just surrendered. Like, they didn't even try. Yes, practically. And that's, but... And part of he's that isn't really on us, though. No, I know, but I'm saying he's trying to make it out to be like the entire war was, you know... He was trying to make it out to be like he just left because they didn't care. And then... But in reality, it was he let Taliban come in quicker. He, you know, he didn't supply Yeah, and he rushed forces. everybody to leave at once. No, exactly. Yeah, that doesn't help the situation at all. No, it's... If you were, you know, you, you've seen the Office episode where they're doing the fire drill. There's everybody trying to run out as quickly as possible. What what kind of leadership do you need in that position? Do you need somebody who's going to remain calm and show you the way to the exit, or do you need somebody screaming around the door, the window, throw? You know, at the end of the episode, we saw that the windows were broken, doors were broken, people were going through ceiling tiles. Like, <laughs> it, it's insane. It's you know, we have a responsibility to go about our military in a smart way, in a smart and effective way, in a way that can protect Americans. And that's not what we did in this situation. That's not, not at all. I also learned from my sister's friend that she works at the U.S. Embassy in Guatemala, and she got offered to go to Afghanistan for like a boatload of money. Yeah, I've, I've heard that it's one of the toughest uh, embassy you positions. You make the most money. Yeah, big risk, big reward. Yeah. You know, and that's life. I don't even know if I would take that risk, honestly. After seeing what we just did, you know, there's a yeah, bit of Yeah, like, I don't really trust anything that's going on right now. No. And especially if you were a white woman in that country, like, you oh, don't want to yeah. be, you don't want to be able to, no. And it was always one of those things where, like, women didn't have rights. Like, they don't let them mm -hmm. through that group. It was like, they always have to be with a man, they always have they can't go to school after they're 12. Yeah. The craziest thing to me, well, not the craziest thing, because th there's a lot of crazy things, but one of the one thing that I saw was, if you saw the CNN reporter who's doing live reports mm -hmm. on Afghanistan. I because I saw that too. On the first day of uh, the Taliban taking over, she's dressed in her normal clothing. She's not wearing any kind of head 
scarves or any kind of protective gear. And then the next day, she's wearing a burqa, live on TV. It, that just shows the amount of power that the Taliban has in the country at this point. Yeah, that even like people that aren't from there still have to dress the way that they do or they well, want them to do. I, I think that's kind of scary. Well, they're also telling the U.S. that the Taliban has been, that they don't have the freedom of the press. Yeah. So I don't think they really want reporters and all of that. Like, I must also say that she had accepted the cultures of Afghanistan people of the Afghani people and like she did sometimes wear like headwear and like oftentimes wear headwear and this and that and like I just wanted to highlight the difference between like a day a day can make in that country where it's like this is the rule of government kind of at that time on that Sunday even if you don't believe in the religion you still have to dress up like that no 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 she dove into it she culturally assimilated to the I'm Afghani sure they make people you do that Sometimes. Either that, or maybe they get violent on you if you don't. Well, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying overnight the culture shifted. Overnight, she went from okay, this is socially acceptable and reasonably reasonable for women in my society, to the very next day having to wear a burqa and you know shield what she looks like. That is the that is the extremes of the Taliban. That is when you see, okay, women's rights are going to go out the door at this point. Yeah. You know, we're already seeing... I, I saw a video the other day of people just walking on the street with two people hanging above them. It, it's... This is exactly what's going to be happening. This is exactly what the Taliban is about. They're a terrorist organization. They provide terror, and you're going to fear them until the point where you follow them because you're worried about what they can do to you. And that's how they build power. That's how they're going to keep building power. On Saturday, Biden released a statement aiming to blame former President Donald Trump's deal with the Taliban in 2020, which promised reduced forces and a prisoner swap. Biden said the deal left the Taliban in the strongest position militarily since 2001 and left him with few choices. Follow through on the deal with a brief extension to get our forces and our allies' forces out safely, or ramp up our presence and send more American troops to fight once again in another country's civil conflict. Now that's not true. What Joe Biden said was false. We have been operating with 2,500 American troops there for the past seven years, and we've kept stability. We've been able to keep peace. Yeah. With 2,500 I mean, did, weren't the women, like, able to actually go to school? Yes. And yes. We developed programs for school. I don't know if everybody remembers, but we were sending money for gender studies to Afghanistan, yeah, a part about. of the uh, wow. spending bill for the COVID uh, relief. Mm. You know. I did hear that. Yeah. This is all, you know, we were building a nation, and then we pulled out. We pulled everything out at the one very moment, and there's a lot of criticism for a lot of things that Biden did. People say, okay, you can blame Trump's uh, uh, treaty, but in reality, it's Biden broke that treaty. Biden decided to extend the deadline, which was strictly against the treaty. Yeah. The deadline to move out was May 1st, 
and it's and it's like how can the Taliban take our president seriously if he does yeah. stuff like that? Like yeah. seriously. Exactly. What if, for some reason, Trump had an inclination that the Taliban would take over right around now, and that's why he wanted to get his troops out in May first? What what if? For some reason, you think about the Taliban fighting season and realize that they don't fight in the winter. They only really fight in the spring, so if you pull all of your troops out before I mean, then, who do they have that. to fight? It could be that, but it could have just been us being there for so long that they just wanted to bring them back. No, no, no. I'm sa exactly. I'm saying we set a deadline for May 1st and Biden went I against that you deadline. I were saying they set a deadline because they knew what was happening. I'm like, ah. They really knew. No, no, no. I'm saying they wanted to pull their troops out, and I'm saying of the entire year, they set the deadline for May 1st because they wanted to pull their troops out before Afghanistan got into their fighting season. Yeah. Biden said he wanted more time. He, like, I knew from the jump that it was just a terrible idea. Yeah, and it's like, how can our allies trust us to help them in time yeah. of need? Like, mm -hmm. how? When we just say, oh, well, yep. screw you, we're going. That's basically what this is. Taiwan, uh, on Tuesday, came out with a statement and said, or not Taiwan, the Chinese government came out on Tuesday and made a statement about Taiwan and saying, told the Taiwanese citizens, when, you, when we come for you, not if we come for you, when we come for you, the United States will not be there for you. Oh my That's what god. They about Taiwan? Yes. Does and that I, I don't know if you guys know, like a lot of protests and stuff has been trying to go on and they get like literally hurt and beat up by the police there over yeah, they it. Do. Like yeah. in Hong Kong too. These are major conflicts that the United States has to be strong in. These are major conflicts that the United States are supposed to be world leaders in and be able to handle. Right, it's our values. This is what yeah. we fight for. These are countries that we've entered treaties with. These are countries that we've entered into peace agreements with in, and said that we will protect you and that we will defend your nation in order to make sure that you are safe, in order to make sure that you are a thriving civilization. Are we allies with, the, with yeah. Taiwan? Yeah, Taiwan, we have agreements with them that we will protect them. if anybody attacks them so when we're weak on different fronts it forces our hand in other places it forces us to look weak against Taiwan and it gives China ideas it, it you know we need to be stronger we need to make better decisions we need to this could have been handled in so many different ways we could have Biden had how many days until May 1st when he was inaugurated how many days until May 1st when he was elected to decide how he was going to get these troops out? How he was going to get these civilians out of the country? And he didn't. It was pretty obvious he didn't develop a plan. It was pretty obvious he didn't make any maneuvers that benefited American people. Pompeo pushed back on the suggestion that the deal left the country in a more vulnerable state saying the Taliban was under control even when the Trump administration had significantly reduced its forces last year. We noted that they, uh, we have reduced our forces to 2,500, and we've done very well. We haven't had anybody die on our side. We haven't had, you know, we've been a good force, and we've been able to keep control, and we've been able to keep the peace, because just the sheer, just the sheer sign of our people being there is a sign that says we can get nuked at any point. We can get an airstrike on us at any point if we start acting up. And that's what was happening. 
when Soleimani and his army were going to invade Iraq and try and take over that embassy, Trump sent out that mean tweet. I'll put it. I'll put it up in the podcast. It said, you know, don't you dare step another foot closer to the embassy, or we will kill you. I remember that. Two days yeah. later, this mother, this person is off of the face of the earth. Okay. That is the leadership we need in this country. Yeah. Okay? We say we're going to do something, and we do it effectively. We do it in a way that says, you know what? You have no right to step into our land. You have no right to step into our embassy. You have no right to try to take over any of our stuff. And we will provide force. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of like they took over the U.S. embassy, and what are we doing? We just left. And it's crazy, because exactly. he got so criticized over it, too. It's like, you do realize he's protecting us, right? Yeah. Do you want to be like them? Like, do you want to be like the Taliban? Like, Soleimani was a terrible, terrible person. Somebody who was literally trying to kill Americans at the embassy. Who was trying to take over the United States embassy. How did we not think for a second, oh, this is probably bad, okay? They'll try, they'll probably try to take over the country if we allow them to. Yeah. It's, and we're seeing it now. Biden was the limpest person, the limpest president we've ever had against the Taliban throughout the entire time that he was in office. He's been in office. For half a year, mind you. Half a year and all this crap's already happened. And they laugh at us. We didn't blow up our weapons. (laughs) Yeah. As we should have. We'll dive more into that topic later, but like, it's just... It's just absolute ineptitude by the Biden administration. By and you know what was hilarious? They did. Uh, they were supposed to get press briefings by Kamala on Monday. Apparently, she was running around yelling, "You are not pinning this shit on me. You are not pinning this shit on me." Running away from Where'd every single interview, oh, uh, like she's White so House aides. Like from like reported from like White House aides. These people that are working at the White House, and it's just like this is exactly what the what like when Republicans think about what the Biden administration looks like, and like our biggest extremes, and this is it. Like this is what we're looking. Like this is what we think when we're thinking of like okay, this is what the Biden administration is going to be. It's going to be a bunch of clown shows. It's going to be a bunch of TikTokers making videos about you know getting vaccinated and this and that and it's like oh yeah there's so much propaganda for these vaccines it's ridiculous we posted mm-hmm. do you guys know which uh influencer i'm talking about i don't know the kid's name but it's a dude he's got nails it's white nails uh he's like it's a day he's an intern yeah yeah intern that guy for, we posted a video about like i don't know what you're talking about Oh, I had to show you it. I'll put it up in Propaganda with, like, the guy who holds the signs. Oh, yeah, that's... that's. And you took yeah. a picture with Joe Biden? Yeah, no, he, he's gotten Olivia Rodrigo, he's gotten the sign dude, he's gotten... Uh, I don't know this the kid's name, but uh, it's a dude who just... I don't know who that is. I gotta show you the video. <laughs> Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. <laughs> We did it, Joe. <laughs> hey, everyone. Okay. Usually, I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey, Jenny. I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called Initiative. <laughs> Hi, White House. This is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. 
This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun and it's really prestigious. Hey, POTUS. Is Olivia Rodrigo still here? No. We've come a long way in our fight against this virus. We've vaccinated 160 million Americans. Are you getting this all down? Don't worry, queen. It's all right here. Hooper. Sorry, Miss Jen. And Jen, don't forget to have fun. Spirit fingers, mama. We need to get shots in the arms of every single American. I'm heading to a haircut. Comment if you want me to make more of these. Yeah. He, um, he's just walking around and doing, like, he's supposed to be interning, but it's just, it just shows how inept the Biden it's administration is. It's a joke, is. you know. It's just like, I can, you could just see that this being And he's exactly LGBT, right? He is. Yeah, like, yeah. that's very clear. It's like, I'm also from the LGBT, but it's like, I don't act like that. Why no. would normal people act like that? Especially if they're it's in a serious it. position exactly. that he's in. I was like, just it just makes us look like a joke. Yeah. It really does. It's yes. ridiculous. No, exactly. I'm, I, exactly. If I was part of the community, I would be offended by it. I would oh, absolutely. Be, it would, it seems offensive. It's just like, this is, like, this it's is a not bad who we representation are. of the Yeah. Community. It's a very big representation of that, the LGBT. Plus. Just makes us look like a joke and probably makes people hate us more. That doesn't help. No. Yeah. And I was going to mention that we released that video two days before the Taliban took over Kabul. Wow. That's crazy. Just That's... showing our priorities. Just yeah. showing what we care more about. We care more about vaccines and we care more about just... TikTok influencers. 500 trend. genders and it, so many unimportant things. Like, if you identify as whatever good for you, if you want to be called whatever good for you, I may not agree with it. But it's just, it just makes us look like a joke. And, and the intolerance that they have. Like, oh, you misgendered me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, damn, don't be so mad. Like, I'll, I'll try next so time. Don't like, make it so tough to gender you properly. Right, like, this is all <laughs> still new stuff, especially it's, for people who have never heard this before. See, and that's a major issue that there is with the entire theory of, you know, the gender. Uh, More than two genders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, when you start making shit up, people can't keep up. The people that aren't like focusing, hyper focusing on this stuff will not be able to. Yeah, keep and up. they hyper focus on themselves. They don't focus exactly. on actual real issues, no. or you know, maybe therapy could help. And I think hyper focusing <laughs> on themselves is what causes all of these names to come up and all these. Because in reality, a lot of these myths, a lot of these have very similar practices, and it's just like you're doing it in order to create your own like. Thing in order to create a bigger movie. Which, hey, good for you, but you can't be expecting other people to, to agree or when they go don't know. It, yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody. Not every. Not everybody knows everything that's going on with just. Nobody knows what. <laughs> nobody can keep up with this. There <laughs> are really many letters in it. Yeah. There are more than twenty-six letters. You have to uh, I, I saw like pronoun, pro, pronouns of like fey and fair, and it's yeah. just like, what the hell is that? You have to relearn an alphabet just to yeah, be able the, to. Yeah, the whole English language. It's like, what, good for you. Again, if you want to be called like that, I will respect you. If you respect me, I'll call you whatever. Other people don't even do that. 
but I'll at least do that. I, I don't agree with it. I think there are maybe three genders, like male, female, non-binary. I think it should just be that. I don't think it really should go off as other things that are made up, but... I think we should all... Like, I'll still respect you. <laughs> my whole thinking is, if we're at the point where we're kind of accepting of different genders, then let's sit down and come up with what the genders are so that we have an understanding. Yeah, and scientific evidence. Like, I'd like to actually see that. That would be interesting. I'd like to see that, too. Honestly. I feel like that would actually, like, bring a lot more, like, I guess, sense to the table instead no, of, like, exactly. helping, hey, like, guy people make People want that, you And know? that is mm -hmm. the biggest issue that's causing a gender war in our country. It's the fact and that like, we can't sit down and talk on about this. it. Well, we can't talk about it. We can't have a conversation about it. We can't just sit there and be like, I don't really understand what you're doing. Can you explain it in a way that can make help me understand? Right, and they take it as an attack on them. And it's no, like, exactly. no, and it's just we like, just want to know. <laughs> we want to know, we want to understand, because a lot of it doesn't make sense to some people. You know, it just, we're not going to, you know, it's a lot of people who are, Think about the older populations. I can't imagine that they're very comfortable with this. Right. You know, they've tended to have certain conservative values in that sense, where it's I don't want my kid growing up to be that way, and I don't want this and that. And it's, you know, for them, it's a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people to change once they hit around the age of 30, 35. Like, yeah. I've known this in my psychology classes. It's really hard for your personality and your values to change after that point. Mm -hmm. I feel like we already know so much. Yeah. But once you develop your frontal lobe, you know, you're kind of at a point where, you know, your brain isn't going to move, develop anymore. Your brain isn't going to be any bigger. So we kind of, you know, you're kind of stuck in your ways. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's dive back into the article. So Biden criticized the current. Oh, sorry. Pompeo criticized the current administration for yielding to countries like Iran, Russia, and China, which ultimately emboldened the Taliban to attack without any concerns or of consequences. Particularly, Pompeo pointed to the Trump administration's more aggressive tactics, such as the death of Iranian General, I uh, don't know how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to butcher <laughs> it, but Soleimani. Uh, that's something that we were talking about. You know, it's when you say something and you do it, people listen. The Taliban knew not to mess with us when Trump was blowing up them, when Trump was shooting, when Trump was drone striking their military leaders. So, yeah, we all want a nice president, and we all want the a good, good leader. Yeah, somebody who will defend us. Yes, and we don't care how nice he is. We don't care how polite he is to everybody. We want this. In fact. The mean tweets helped us in the, I would say, in world affairs. Mm. It, it, there were so many times when we were, when Trump literally came out and said, if you step foot in this place, if you inch any closer, we will kill you. And you know what we did? We killed him, or they ran away. Which I think is good. When I was a liberal a few years ago, <laughs> uh, I thought, you know, Trump is so immature that he's childish. He's not a good leader because of the things he says. It's it, the things that comes out of his mouth is absolutely stupid. But now that I have looked into this and I've listened to other people's point of views, I'm like, hey, 
whatever he's doing is kind of making sense. I might not agree with how exactly. he says it or portrays it, but he's actually doing pretty good things. And yeah. the media just makes him look like this evil person that we need to impeach twice or three times or four times, you know? Like, um, even when he wasn't president, they were still trying yes, to yes. impeach him. His rhetoric was terrifying to the Democrats. Mm -hmm. But his policy was greatly beneficial to the American people. Very. It's insane that we let this guy go. It's insane that we let him just I don't even vote. know if we did that, but that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, we didn't. Yeah, I know we didn't. I didn't I play know. any part into that. Uh, Pompeo goes on to say, were I still the Secretary of State with Commander-in-Chief like President Trump, the Taliban would have understood that there were real costs to pay if there were plots against the United States of America. Soleimani learned that lesson, and the Taliban would have learned it as well. Pompeo also criticized the Biden administration for prioritizing climate change and critical race theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been seeing much about critical race theory right now. I've been seeing more climate change on the news and stuff, yeah. like all that stuff going on. And, uh, yeah. It's just... It's distractions. It's, it really is. It's, it's always. It's a lot of times things that the biggest issue, a big issue that I have with climate change and the rhetoric for policy with climate change is that if we just stop sending our government officials to other places on private jets, yeah. We would save a lot of carbon. And not even that. America isn't even the biggest problem. Like, China, India are, like, the worst in and this world. Africa. Oh, yeah, Africa, too. I, didn't, I don't even know much about Africa, but I know, like, India and the pollution and China obviously yeah. doesn't care. They don't care about their humans. They obviously don't care about everything else around them. Like, yeah. I posted a pollutant map recently on Instagram the other day, and... It showed that there was one hot spot in Alaska, which is, makes sense because that's where we get a lot of our gas from. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, we, we bought Alaska because we wanted their pipeline. That was like the main oh, reason for it. Shoot, Alaska. I didn't even you know should, that scene. Oh, you should look into the history of that. That's It's really interesting. <laughs> it's like we were heavily criticized for buying this land that's like way off in the distance, that's like not really like, you know, anywhere close to the rest of our climate that's not, you know, mm -hmm. this or that. And, like, it didn't have, like, anything but a pipeline. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was Roosevelt who bought it, and he was heavily criticized. The president that bought it was heavily criticized because they were like, well, this is going to be nothing. And then it did pretty much what Trump did, and he brought energy efficiency into the United States. Yeah, and then didn't Biden, like, close the pipeline somewhere? Not or? that pipe, but he closed the... Um, God, well, it's slipping my mind right now. I can't think of the pipeline name for that uh, he shut down. But he shut down a pipeline here, and it's causing, look at the gas prices. When he did it, every Republican was out here saying, okay, we knew that this was going to happen. We knew that, you know, Trump being out of office was meant higher gas prices because you know, Biden didn't care. Biden doesn't want you using a gas car. Biden doesn't want you... Yeah, isn't that like somewhere in the infrastructure bill too with... Yep. Yeah. Priorities, man. Priorities. No, it's... It, exactly. It's just... <laughs> I would like for this technology to get better before we push for it. 
just yeah, be trillions of dollars. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, we're putting trillions of dollars into getting into this, but I really hope that there's a plan to make it better. You know, when the power outages in Texas were going on, we were seeing problems with their energy because none of their renewable sources could store ener any energy. So people ran out of it super quickly. Mm -hmm. There was no, you know, and when there's no wind, that's a problem. You know, because there are times when there is no wind in certain places. And, you know, when you put up, it's, it's money. It's taxpayer funding for these windmills that don't e won't even provide you power at this time. Yeah, I'm actually learning quite a bit about that because I used to be a huge fan of, like, green energy, but really it needs to move before we enforce it. Exactly. You know? It's, yeah, Texas it, There's is, a uh, lot of improvements that need, need to be made, even with solar panels. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's Texas is a great example of it because they really dove into kind of Green New Deal policies. They, well, not dove into, but, like, a lot of the trials for like reading stuff is going on in Texas. A lot of the you know movements to try to get into more um, you know greener energy is going on in Texas. So it's good to like kind of like look at them and see how things are going there in those states. So by the way, it's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute mess. Uh, it, it's just when you. That come, that when there comes a time when you need it, it's not there for you. You, don't, you just can't. You don't have it. You know, those... Exactly. And it's really hard to store this stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another problem that they were having is the electricity. The electricity needed to be pumped somewhere. You needed gas lines to do that. Yeah. So what, like, what? Why do, why do we... Yeah, and it's like, if people don't really know how this stuff works, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos from, like, engineers, and they really dumb it down on how electricity works, how energy works, how yeah. things are stored, if they can be, mm -hmm. you know, so, pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, next we're going to talk about the next topic of the Afghanistan revolution, somewhat, is, that we're going to talk about is women's rights, and just how... They're absolutely going down the toilet right now. I'm pulling up a story about a woman named Shakraya Baraksai. I, I really don't want to... I, I, Baraksai, maybe? Yeah, I don't want to uh, completely butcher that name, and I'm sorry. But, um... So, it starts off by saying, One morning in the summer of 1999, Shakraya Baraksai woke up feeling dizzy and feverish. According to the Taliban's rules, she needed a maharam, a male guardian, in order to leave the home to visit the doctor. Her husband was at work and she had no sons. So she shaved her two-year-old daughter's head, dressed her in boy's clothing to pass her off as a guardian, and slipped on a burqa. Its blue folds hit her fingertips, painted red in violation of the Taliban's ban on nail polish. What the fuck? She asked her neighbor, another woman, to walk with her to the doctor in Central Cabal. Around 4.30 p.m., they left the doctor's office with a prescription. They were heading towards the pharmacy when a truckload of Taliban militants from the Ministry for, for the Propagation of Virtue and Prevention of Vice pulled up beside them. The men regularly drove around Cabal in pickup trucks, looking for Afghans to publicly shame and punish for violating their moral code. 
The men jumped out of the truck and started whipping Baraksai with a rubber cable until she fell over, then continued whipping her. When they finished, she stood up crying. She was shocked and humiliated. She had never been beaten before. So, that's what this country represents. That's what the Taliban is as a nation. That's what the Taliban is as a political movement. And I know, like, uh, I think a woman got beat. I don't know where I heard this from. I don't know if it was a podcast or something. But, like, a woman got beat because her ankles were showing. It makes sense. I, I didn't see like... that article, but, like, I can imagine. I, it makes perfect sense. Uh, they want burqas. They want this guardianship. They want to make sure that women understand their place in society. I'm putting air quotes that around they that. they need men. And yeah. that they are for men. Yeah, th these aren't my views. I don't want to. I don't want to misconstrue that at all. I'm just saying this is. These are the political views of the Taliban, that women need men in order to do anything. And it's, it, it's such a, 180 to the American way of life. It's such a 180 to the growing feminist movement and the growing. You know, there is no feminist movement in Afghanistan when the Taliban is in control. Yeah, there they can't. They'll all be shot. They will unload machine guns onto everybody. Or, and this might be worse, public humiliation. They might beat every single person there. Like, this is ridiculous. This is... This is really sad. It's terrifying. And it's if you're a woman in that country, I saw that there was a transgender woman in that country hiding right now. What do you think is going to happen to her if she gets caught? She's probably going to get killed. Like, I don't even think she'll get beat up. I think she'll actually just be killed. I think she might become a hostage. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that she, that they will try to pull as many uh, gay Americans, as many women from America, as many, you know, all of the brand branches of people that they don't like. And the reason why they're out and living their lifestyle is because they have been for a while, right? And then they took over, and they're just suddenly enforcing laws again. You're saying the Taliban? Yeah. Um. Well, we've been fighting them for 20 years, and they're you know they hear that we're pulling out, and they grow bigger. You know they hear that we're pulling out, so they're saying, okay, it's our time to take over. It's our time, you know, because they see that the Afghan uh, government is pretty weak. It is, you know. There were a lot of reports that Ghani, their president, was very corrupt, that he was a murderer, that he killed people, that, you know, he was taking deals to mess up Afghanistan, but in reality, like, it would help him and it would help his family's pockets. So, we knew that there was weak leadership at the top. We knew that they weren't going to do anything well. So, you know, and the Taliban knows that too. The Taliban knows that knows when its pressure points are strong, when it can push it, push on and do more for their beliefs and stuff. Yeah. Um, it goes on to say, "Are you familiar with something we call sadism?" Baraksai asked me when we spoke recently. Like they don't know why, but they are just trying to beat you, harm you, disrespect you. This is now what they enjoy. Even they don't know the reason. She credits this moment for the birth of her life as an activist. 
Before Afghanistan's capital descended into civil war in 1992, Baraksai had been studying hydrometeorology and geophysics at Kabul University. When the Taliban, then a relatively new militia, emerged fictitious, victorious in 1996. Afghan women were forced to leave their studies as Baraksai recovered from the beating. She made a decision. She would organize underground classes for girls at the sprawling apartment complex where she and her family lived, home to some 45 families. Oh my god. Baraksai would go on to help draft Afghanistan's constitution and serve two terms in parliament. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's really awesome that she did that. Yeah. I really wanted to highlight this because it's... I wanted to show the ability of women in Afghanistan. I wanted to show that even though they have been put down and stuff, they will be okay. That We're not that they'll be okay. I That they're still strong, they're still going to do big things, that they're still going to want to help out, and that's something that the United States people should have been doing. That's something that, or not the people per se, but the troops, that's something that the that's a mission that we kind of needed to be on and Biden said in his statement the other day that we weren't world building but or country building but and now it's all just being destroyed yeah I think country all building all this hard has, work yeah because you know what's to say that this isn't going to happen now what's to say that you know and they said that they're going to be a bit more moderate we'll dive into that but who's to say that we believe that who's to say that you know, because I don't know if that's I don't know. True. They're pretty extreme. I don't, I don't really see them going from Always extreme happen. to moderate overnight. Not at all. No, and we're seeing them shoot people trying to escape the airport. We're and seeing women that are going... I heard this from uh, the Ben Shapiro podcast that... Um, by the way, I am a huge fan of Ben Shapiro. Even when oh, I was yes. a liberal, he was my favorite. Yes, Ben's a, <laughs> Ben's a great guy. <laughs> he uh, explained that uh, women get... Um, acid thrown in their face for attempting to go to school. Acid. Yes. And it, it's so inhumane. It is so inhumane. And it's like, this is definitely not what we need after we've had this whole pandemic, or I, I like to call it scandemic for or many plan-demic. reasons. Yeah, pandemic. That's a good one too. Um, and all of this stress, the mental health, the suicide rates, everybody is suffering during this time and now this is not helping that's definitely not helping at all no it's it's making it absolutely worse like i would be if i were these women that were stuck here i would probably be suicidal i'd try to find a way to kill myself it's i know I, that I sounds weak but i don't know if we're at that point right now i think they're hoping that biden will do something to get them out i think i don't think it's but it, it's we had people jumping out of the buildings on 9-11, so we are at that point in some ways, you know, do you see, like, you get what compares, I'm saying, like, yeah, when it's the Taliban, you, death might be the better option at times. And it's crazy, because they would willingly sacrifice themselves to do this much destruction to people. Exactly. Like, it just shows how horrible they are. And Ben yeah. Shapiro likes to call them barbaric, like, they living are. way back B.C. even, because that's yeah. just how they are. And I saw that he made the point that we lost to a barbaric nation that pretty much fights like it's the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are we doing? 
How are we this week as a country? Could it be the woke generals that we've put in? Could it possibly be that? The person who the wants to... The weak president that we have? The, our new gen... Our generals came out and said, I want to know what white rage is. How about you defend our people? Yeah, let's stop talking about race. Like, I'm so... I'm so done talking about race. Like, why are we so hyper-focused on it? I get maybe in the 60s, yeah. we are focused on it for good freaking reasons. But now, why? Why are we are all equal legally? We might not all have the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're all coming from different backgrounds and different lifestyles and poverty rates. Or some people are privileged, actually, mm-hmm. in that kind of sense. But why are we focusing so much on race? Like, all white people are privileged. It, it does not play a difference in your life the way that people make it out to be. It doesn't, race does not play a part into your decisions. Unless you make it. Unless you make it. Exactly. And it's not something that any Republican has ever, has said throughout any of this time, throughout the past decades, throughout, you know, race is not a factor. You, we want you to be able to do it. That's why we believe in school choice. If you're going to a shitty, if you're going to a shitty school, we want you to have an opportunity to go to a better school that will train you and be able to make you capable of doing things in society like yeah if you live in a poor neighborhood maybe you're able to go to a higher neighborhood school exactly i am all for school choice and i just learned about that like last year like i didn't know anything about school choice and i felt like that would have been a great idea especially when i moved Uh, Mm -hmm. like midway in junior year that would have been great i would still love to go to my old school every day if i could i would drive there every day if i could you know we always you know say that we need uh, democrats always say that we need to throw money at the problem in order to fix it and it's no school choice would allow certain schools to close certain schools Mm -hmm. that are failing to shut down because they're failing they're not educating kids they're not creating an incentive to learn anything or they don't have enough like programs and stuff like when i went from my my school to my new school from a worse neighborhood to a better neighborhood i noticed that my better neighborhood school had a lot more classes a lot more opportunities and i i appreciate it but and things will get better if you close down schools and expand them together if you bring a bunch of teachers who are good from this school district that closed down and you invest them into this school district, all those taxpayers, all those people that were going to that school will now become taxpayers for that school as well. So they're getting more money, they're getting this and that. They're going to be able to pay their teachers, they're going to be able to pay for these programs more. They're getting that taxpayer base from everybody. I don't see a problem with it. I don't see how throwing money at it is the solution because we've seen that it's not. We've seen year after year after year that just throwing money into it will not make it better. It won't just, you, you have to have good leadership. You have to have, you know, so it's survival of the fittest. Why isn't our school system in somewhat of a survival of the fittest mindset, you know? I honestly agree with that, yeah. We want good schools. Countries are competing. We are competing with other countries. We need to make sure that we're presenting the best kids that we can. And the best way to do that is to make sure... And that's not only just good for them, but it's also really good for our society. Yes, exactly. It's every, you know, we think, like, just think about it. It, it. The kids that were born in 2000 
are now 21 years old. We're growing into that position where we are about to go into the workforce. We're about to go into, you know, we're about to change the world. We're about to do things that are going to be different than other generations have done. So, you know, it's important. It's important to think about the fact that, you know, kids born during the, uh, you know, at the noon, uh, century? Yeah, century. Mm -hmm. People born at the new century at this point are now or generation, well, maybe you're thinking. Yeah, about. maybe generation. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but I'm saying like people born at the very start of the century, at 2000, you know, one ten, one zero zero, two thousand, and onward. Those people are now growing into full-fledged adults. So, what helped those people was school. What helped those people was you know to get to where they're at is understanding you know the world around them, and that's what school is supposed to provide for us. If we're not Providing, if we're not doing the best school systems, if we're not creating a good s system for us to learn, then we're going to be behind a lot of other countries. Yeah, and I can definitely talk a lot about um, the education system, like my criticisms on the education system, even though I was a straight-A student in, yeah. in high school, middle school, whatever. Oh, uh, I can definitely talk a lot about that, but um, maybe we could save that for another, yeah. another time, because I think that's important as well to talk about. Oh, yeah. Let's get back into a uh, story about Afghanistani women. Now, Nicole and I are looking at a bunch of pictures now, and I'll clip these into the podcast. So, it starts off by saying, under the first picture, it says that an 11-year-old girl studies at home in 2020, several years after her family fled ongoing fighting and insecurity in Ghazni province. Yeah, this looks like old times. This looks like it's the 1920s. You know, when you visit tenement housing and you see what was going on, like this looks like what was going on in the 1920s. This is like a time of How sad. And I think about my sister because she's 13 and she, uh, you said 12 years old, they would be out of schools, right? Nope. Now, do you know why that is? Is that because like they're supposed to like get married at that time I don't know how it is I think, I think it's a bunch of societal I think it's a multitude of things I think it, it could be the marriage I think it could be you're supposed to do housework at that point mm, like only at the house yeah. and okay I think it could also just be that they don't respect women to the point where they're like you don't need an education past this time or they don't want women to be educated past that point do you get what I'm saying mm -hmm. where like they're actively going, like they're going to, like they're trying to make sure that women aren't educated, possibly. I think that could be a part of it as well. You know, and it's it's horrific, it's terrible. It's something that, you know, it's just, it's idiotic. It's idiocracy because any person can tell you that you can gain a benefit from anybody. You can gain something for your country by using everybody in the workforce. You know, the, right. m the more people you have in the workforce, the more people you have that are educated, the more people that you have that are benefiting have your society. all different minds, all different ideas. That's exactly. very beneficial to not only the country, but the whole world. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be different. It's just the more people you have educated, the better off you will be. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to get a bunch of... Educated the right way, yeah. mind you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying thoroughly educated. Like, yeah. actually educated. People who are smarter and people who 
actually spend time reading books and doing studies, doing this and that, countries are much better off if they have that in their... Yeah, like it would be better to learn actual like history and how things work so that we don't repeat it over critical race theory. Yes, because... But that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just... If it's not based in fact, if it's not based... If it's based on lies, if it's based on a 1619 project, if it's based on this or that, if it's... You know, I'm talking about critical race theory here. If it's not based in fact, then why are we wasting our time? Why are we trying to indoctrinate our kids? Why are we trying to do this and that when it's not beneficial to our people? You know, (laughs) we always complain about school not teaching us anything important. Why is critical race theory super important to your life? Right. Like, why can't we learn about, like, how to do our taxes or something like that? Like, God forbid. Yeah. Auto body shops used to be in schools. Wow. But now it's critical race theory. So, pulling up two more pictures, it says, On the left, female teachers attend a meeting about the reopening of schools at the Educational Headquarters building in Kandahar, Afghanistan, December 19th, 2001. On the right, Afghan Hazara students attend the Marfit School on the outskirts of Kabul, April 10th, 2010. So, I would say there's... a I would, the major difference that I see is that um, on the left, all of the women are in burkas. Yeah, and this is 2001, so yeah, Yeah. they're all, not even, like, their faces are completely covered. Like, I didn't even know they had those kind of things where even their eyes are covered and they see through stuff. Yeah, it's freaking creepy. It's, like, these pictures are just horrific. I, I hate seeing this. This is something that, like, just... And it's like, no matter, I, I'm sorry, but no matter what a woman wears, men are still going to find them attractive, sexually attractive, mm-hmm. physically, whatever. And it's like, that's not, I, I don't think that really helps at all. Yeah, no, I, it's, I think it's just oppressive. I don't it know is. enough about their, um, their policies, but it seems very much, because... Men will still rape these women. Men will no, still like it's probably like married women. I'm assuming that has to be dressed in this, or like I have I no idea. I'm not. You, you might be right. I, I don't know enough culturally about the Taliban. <laughs> Guess we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, the last picture that they show is schoolgirls in Kandahar, Afghanistan, February seventh, two thousand nine. The previous November, sixteen girls had been sprayed with acid by Taliban sympathizers while work, walking to school there. Most resumed attending, despite constant threats to their safety. Wow, yep, so this is probably what uh, Ben was talking about. Yep. It's, but I, I've heard multiple stories of that, where schoolgirls were, you know, just getting bats of acid thrown on them. And they're children, they're literal children. Yeah. How sick. It, it's all indoctrination of youth it's all if you can get into the mindset that you should be scared of the Taliban and you should follow what they say because you don't want them to kill you at a very young age if you can get them thinking that at five years old they will always think that you know if you keep if you keep that constant pressure of the Taliban in your head then you won't ever let it go it's 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 really sad that like people in America are saying that we have 
so many uh, women's issues here. Women have so many opportunities. And it's yeah. just like, do you not realize that there's other countries that do this? Or like in Africa, where they literally still do general mutilation? Yeah. And just uh, like, and it's the kind of mutilation where they don't feel pleasure during sex, which I think is very important mm -hmm. for like humans yeah. in general, like the and relationships. Yeah. It's like they're made to feel like no, the, you are this guy's property. You're not. You're not the one that's supposed to feel pleasure. It's the men, and it's just like wow. So you say that we have problems in America. Sure, we might have some stereotypes. There's always going to yes. be sexist people. There's always going to be racist people. Whatever, mm -hmm. and then. You look at these countries and it's like, yeah. what the hell are we comparing ourselves to? Yep. No, that's something that drives us nuts. I, when I think about problems in the United States, you kind of got to look at it comparatively. So what problems do we have that are worse than other countries? Because then you can really see what are our big problems. You know, because right. if you just base it off of what you're feeling are the big problems in your country, then... They might not be big problems. Yeah, and it's so narrow-minded, too. Like, exactly. you're not expanding um, your experiences to how other people do things. This is why I love traveling, because I, I meet new people in yep. different ways of life. Exactly. And it's like, it, it would be very awesome for, let's say, liberals to go see communist countries and see how really bad it is or how, yep. like, good we have it here, whatever you want to see it as, or both. Yeah. You know? It's something that drives me nuts, because it's... We'll be complaining about stuff that isn't, that on the grand scheme of things, isn't a big deal because in reality you see other countries and you see right. how bad they have it in these, in police brutality, how bad they have it in rape cases, how bad they have it in this or that, you know, there's certain things Right, that like it's normalized in these countries. Exactly. Like that's normal. Exactly. And it, it kind of points out to me that the government is deflecting. They want you to focus on this bullshit so that way you're not focused on, you know, human sex trafficking. You're not focused on children, uh, children being trafficking. Raped. You're not worried about um, you know, your health as much as you should be. You're not worried about this or that. And it's so funny when the government is like pretend I think it's pretending that they care about our health because of COVID. No, but the main cause of death or at least one of the main causes of death is heart disease. And where do we get mm -hmm. that from? Our food. Our lifestyles. That they encourage. Yep. That they make cheaper. And it's just... Like... <laughs> it's. I think it's silly if people are thinking that they actually care about us. Like the government actually no, cares about our health and well-being. they absolutely don't. They do the very bare minimum in order to make it look like they are trying. In order to make it look like they're caring. And they don't do anything. They don't, in reality do anything to benefit you. They don't try to, you know, help you. They don't, they'll say that they are, they'll say that they're doing these policies in order to benefit you, but they're just cashing out. They're just making whatever, they're just doing whatever they can to push money into their pockets. Mm -hmm. It's sad. It's, I, I don't, I disapprove. Um, you know, we need better leadership. We need better people in power. And there have been many calls for Biden to be impeached you know, it makes sense. We need good leadership. We need good, powerful Yeah, it's pathetic. It, it's it, honestly pathetic right now. It is. She, so let's go back to the article. It says that I first traveled to Afghanistan in May 2000 when I was 26 years old. I was living, 26 years old. I don't, I don't know if I said that. 
I was living in India at the time, covering women's issues in South Asia as a photojournalist, and I was curious about the lives of women living under the Taliban. Afghanistan was then emerging from 20 years of brutal conflict, first with the occupying Soviets, and then in a protracted civil war that had left Kabul pockmarked and with little functioning infrastructure. In the mid-1990s, the Taliban had promised to bring, on, to bring an end to the violence, and many Afghans, exhausted from years of insecurity and relentlessness, destruction, and did not resist the Islamic fundamentalist group. But peace came at the cost of many social, political, and religious freedoms. And we're seeing that. What, what, what do you value more? What do you value in life more? Being able to live your life Plus, it's not even peace. In reality, if if Clearly. you're yeah no, if you're terrified of doing the wrong thing, if you're terrified of going outside without a sheet completely covering you, if you or without a mask, let's say yeah, yeah, without a mask, you're not free. You're in a position where there's no safety. There's nothing that you know. If you've got a military force, you know, the size of a military force. I'm not gonna call Taliban military. Maybe we could call it the Taliban military force, but, you know, if they're going to be there and impose certain rules that are just ridiculous, then you don't really have freedom, you don't really have choice, you don't really have any safety there. Women who did go out were required to wear burqas, a traditional modesty gar garment that fits tightly over the head and drapes all the way to the ankles rendering a woman fully covered and unidentifiable in public. All forms of entertainment were banned for everyone, music, television, socializing between sexes outside the family. Most educated Afghans had already fled to neighboring Pakistan and elsewhere. Those who stayed had to chant their lives and con to conform to the dictates of the oppressive regime. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's horrible. This is what happens when authoritarian countries take over. You don't get to speak. You don't get to talk about your issues. You don't get to discuss no freedom what's going of on. speech. And it's like we see this now in America, where we're starting to become a little bit more and more authoritarian, authoritarian, because yeah. like we're being censored and mm -hmm. we can't say even if it offends you or hurts you. Hey, turn yeah, turn off the computer or change something else. Like yeah. everybody's gonna have opinions. Everybody's gonna be horrible and mean. Whatever, however you see it. But it's like the Republican. I this was especially during the election where mm -hmm. the Republicans, conservatives, they were being silenced and yeah. all the things were being labeled as misinformation. But it's just like you know this is all new stuff right now so mm -hmm. really anything can be misinformation unless yeah. if it's backed up by science that's actually proven wouldn't calling us nazis be misinformation yeah wouldn't calling us racist be misinformation could be you know it's <laughs> if you're like that's what really gets to me it's you'll scream and yell about republicans saying certain things you'll scream and yell about and a lot of times we find it to be true. You know, we're not coming, pulling stuff out of our ass for the most part. You know, obviously yeah, we actually have things to back ourselves up yeah. with. Obviously there are certain figures who will, you know, just put out lies. But Yeah, and there are ignorant Republicans too, mm -hmm. like very yes, ignorant exactly. people. And exactly. people 
like the cool, like not the cool clucks, um, just people who are absolutely racist and yeah. will say like black people need to hang and stuff. Like that's just horrible shit. Yeah. But it's not the sentiment of Republicans. It's not something right. that it's like the extreme, the yes, extreme of the, exactly. the Westboro Baptist Church. I think they are Republican, right? Maybe. Yeah, something. But it's just like, these are just extreme people, just like there's extreme people mm -hmm. on the left. And it's like, but the extreme people on the left aren't being silenced on no. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. No, exactly. They paint us as extremists because they don't want us paying attention to their extremists. They don't want us to be looking at what they're doing and who they have doing things. It's scary. Yeah. And another favorite podcast of mine, Louder with Crowder, oh, he's yeah. been removed multiple times multiple on times. YouTube. Even I, though he was following the guidelines, he actually yeah. has a lawyer that looks into this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is horrible. Like, yeah. like if you say, well, it's hate speech, therefore it shouldn't be said. Well, then that's not freedom of speech. I don't care how offended you get. I don't care how offended I get. I just move on with my day or fight that person. Hey, whatever. Hate speech is the, be next, immature. Hate speech is the next authoritarian law. It yeah. is because, you know what the issue with hate speech is? everything, yeah. Well, yeah, it limits everything, but you know what the problem is? What's the definition of hate speech? Can you, can you tell me one? racist stuff. Can you tell me what hate speech is? Like. There's no defined definition. There's, <laughs> it was really hard for me to actually define it, yeah. Like, there, things that can be hateful to some people, but it's like it might not be hateful to all people. Or, it's very broad. It, hate yeah. speech, that's the big issue. And it's something that very that we're saying it's, it's a list, and it's an ever-growing list, and it's a list that can have anything on it. It's if this person deems it to be hate speech, then it can be hate speech. Yeah. Or how Facebook says if they deem it to be misinformation, or the CDC deems it to mm -hmm. be misinformation, then they can easily remove that. Yeah. Think about this narrative. You're wearing a bandana. If I walk up to you and say, "Hey, I like your bandana," and then you go to a cop and say, "That's hate speech. I don't like it." then that can become hate speech and I can get arrested for that and thrown in jail for the next 10 years because I said something that is now on the list that it's it goes back to the LGBT yeah and like argument. people are like uh like don't compliment women like catcalling or stuff like I've been catcalled before and honestly I kind of take a little bit of pride in it because it's just like damn this person finds me kind of attractive yeah I now, understand touching if, yeah, is no. another different story but don't touch like, me if it's it's so harmless. Done. Words, are, you can make words so harmless. I know yeah. words can mean a lot, like if you've been verbally abused exactly. and stuff. But when it's just some random person on Facebook saying something stupid to you, it's stupid. Like, yeah. why take it to heart? Why? Sarah and like, I have talked. On. Yeah, Sarah and I have talked about it about how words have the context that you give it. Words have the meaning that you give to it. So if you don't put enough value into the words that somebody is saying, then you won't be offended by the words that they're saying. You won't be, you know, you won't take them seriously. That's a if very you, good point. If you, life is, you know, words are about the power that you give them. And it's the same with certain, you know, the word bitch. Let's say that, you know, I don't want to make this a curse chat, but <laughs> it's the power in the context that you give it, you know? You can say bitch in a way that's not derogatory. Well, you know, dogs. You know, you could say, oh, look at that bitch, and it's a female dog. It's a literal female dog. You know, that's a proper term for it. You can also, you know, 
their ways that yeah it's and it's the like power. i've been called fat before when i was in like middle school i i personally mm -hmm. didn't feel like i was and i just fucking yeah. laughed at him i'm just like dude exactly. like hey good for you if that's what you think move on dude exactly. buddy <laughs> like find somebody who's skinny i guess <laughs> yes we need to pay attention to the words that say we need to pay attention to the quotes that we've heard since we were little kids sticks and stones may break my bones but words will words will never harm me you know there are other things, there are other quotes that I'm, are escaping my memory right now, but it's a very true thing, and it's something that we kind of, as a country, have forgotten about. It's, and become more sensitive. Yes, we've become hypersensitive. We've become to the point where nobody can say anything that goes against our belief system. Nobody can say anything that doesn't, that we don't agree with, otherwise it's racist, otherwise it's this or that, and it's, it's a ridiculous thing. Yeah, so yeah, we are definitely becoming more authoritarian, um, at least under liberal rules. Um, but as for these people in Afghanistan, if they, they just dress a certain way and they get whipped or killed mm -hmm. for it, and it's just... Yeah, exactly. It's and horrible. It's... And people really need to find the perspective of mm -hmm. this. Yeah, and, you know, certain people will take what we said before about how, you know, first world problems and how we can look at certain things and say, oh, it's not as bad as other places, but it's, we are worried about the loss of, of freedom of speech because it's a stepping stone. It's not just, oh, you can't send out tweets that you don't like, that just you like, like anymore. Just like gun control is eventually yeah. going to be a stepping step. Yes. Now, I, I know we need regulations, stone. that's yeah. obvious, but yeah. gun control, having no guns at all is no. kind of really bad, because <laughs> mm -hmm. then that would just lead to, oh, well, the government has all the guns and you can't protect yourself, just like these people. Yes. So. And, you know, I lost my train of thought for two seconds, sorry. I had, I had a thought. What were we talking about two seconds ago? Gun control. Oh, but just, it's a stepping stone for, you know, when you get rid of freedom of speech, it's going to, we're going to start limiting more and more. You know, when they get rid of your ability to tweet, they're going to start saying, okay, now Fox News publications are going to be spreading misinformation and it can't be on TV. So you can only have left-wing sources on TV. And then comes, you know, only left-wing sources in the newspapers. And then comes this and that. It's... It's small changes that, because rapid changes, people figure it out, people see it, people see just how thing, how big things change, and it scares people. If you put in these little changes here or there, it makes people's stomach it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. There's a big story, okay, I, this kind of reminds me of the eBay story. eBay one was originally, I think, yellow, like their page was completely yellow. Okay. One day, they switched to bright white, the way that they did. People hated it. Everybody, like, people boycotted eBay. They didn't want to be on the, you know, didn't want to shop from there because they, they hated the new look. So eBay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's literally a color, but all right. Mm -hmm. What eBay did was that they changed it back to the original color, and then every single day for the next few years, they changed it two tones down. Two tones. Two tones. They kept incrementally bringing it down and down and down until it's bright white. And that's why it's white today. That's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's just a sign that once pe like people won't notice. People, if you incrementally change 
little things here and there, they won't notice when the big ask is at them. They yeah. You know, and that's kind of what happened with the pandemic, where, okay, 15 days to slow the spread. Yeah, we'll two put years on, mas- on, you know, 15 days. No, exactly. <laughs> we'll put on our masks, we'll stay locked down for 15 days, we'll do this and that. And then, you know, so it's a small ask. Everybody made it out to be like, okay, it's a small ask, it's protecting everybody. Yeah, like you're only going to be out of school for two weeks. Here we are two years later. Still following these rules, still doing this and that. And it's that's exactly what I'm saying. If you make them small changes, that's why we have to pay attention to the small changes. We have to blow them up to what they will be and what they can be because we see it time and time again that that's how things happen. You have a really good point about that. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Hitler, he took away Jews' guns because he said that they were, you know, they would use them against the government. They would do this and that. They would, you know, gun control. Wow. See, I didn't even know that. Like I said, I sucked at history. <laughs> yeah. So they took all the guns from the Jews, claiming, you know, it's dangerous, gun control, this and that. And then they couldn't defend themselves when they were being thrown into internment camps. That's why we're so adamant about first, this first, second, all of the amendments. Because yeah, we don't want to repeat history. Yes, because it's slipping. It's stepping stones. It's when you let little things slip, that's when big things start happening. That's when, you know, it's stepping stones. When you get, you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, like I see that actually with the vaccines right now here Mm -hmm. too, where it's just like they're kind of enforcing it or they're limiting your ability to go see movies or to um, whatever, go, I don't even know what other places besides movies to be honest, but I know like in New York City. Grocery stores. Grocery stores. Wow, that's messed up. Everything. (laughs) Anything that could possibly have, I think like a thousand people in it. Is closed, and, and that's, you have to show your papers. Yeah. and it's, and that's more things than people think of. In reality, it is a movie theater. There are a thousand people in a movie theater at a time. There are a thousand people in a grocery store at a time. So they'll put out this big number that everybody's like, "Oh, that's a, that's okay," but you don't realize, like, wherever you go, there's in Walmart, there's a thousand people at a in time. In malls, shopping. In malls, there's a thousand people at a time. Everywhere you go, unless you're going to like get your car fixed or something at a small shop, there's going to be about a thousand people around you. You know, if you're going to a big store, if you're going, you know, if you're going to a big store, the place where the pandemic has pretty much forced us only to shop at, because all of these small businesses are closed, you won't be able to go there without a vaccine mandate, without your vaccination. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so we're we're definitely getting there. I really hope it stops, like, soon. And now I think a lot of people are waking up. Yeah, I hope so, and it's part of why I created my Instagram account and this platform, because I wanted to speak up. I wanted to build a base that can say, that we can all kind of push people to say, to speak up. Yeah, because I know a lot of people are, like, like silent majority, literally. Like, they are too afraid to speak out or lose friends, because I'm actually doing that right now, and I can tell you later after this is done, of Mm -hmm. I, I almost lost a friend because I posted something and she didn't agree with it and it's just kind of sad. It's kind of ridiculous to me because we've had to sit the past four years watching whatever they wanted to post and we've had to sit there and say it's okay, they're allowed to have their political views, they're allowed to believe what they want, we're not going to look at them as, you know, 
we're not going to not be friends with them just because they don't agree with us. And the first second that we disagree with what they're doing, it's, you're racist, you're this, you're that, you're a terrible person. Yeah, they always give you names, and I was called a bunch of names by yeah. her too, and I'm just like, whoa, I don't even know what some of these mean. <laughs> like, no, exactly. I had to look it's, them up. Like, the what? first move is to put out all of the ifobes that they can find, all of the, you know, everything, you know, they're going to put out all the ists, all of the ifobes, all of the, you know, whatever they can use to kind of make you look bad. Whatever mm -hmm. they can use to make you feel like you're a bad person for the way they Or the enemy of yeah. America. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous. And you're going to tell, like, you're going to say... It's sad. Like, let's yeah. let's sit down and talk. Like, I, I disagree with you on some things, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. and, but we still talk about it. Exactly. And I'm not a huge debater, but I'm cool with listening to you and you listening to me. And, hey, maybe we could learn something. Exactly. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed this very much. Me too. Um, I think that marks the end of our podcast. Uh, Nicole, it was lovely to have you on the podcast. I'm, uh, we had a great conversation. I look forward to having you on the podcast in the future, if you would like. Absolutely. Uh, thank uh, you for having me here. It was really nice. Yeah. Uh, we're sorry that Sarah had to leave midway through. Uh, she is not able to finish this closure. But... Um, Thank you for joining our podcast. If you liked it, leave a like, leave a comment if you have any topics you kind of want to talk to us about, uh, and subscribe if you want to see more. Thank you.